0: Hi, this is West Fryer. Today is August the 18th, 2020. I am actually taking an evening walk in our neighborhood with our probably nine-month-old golden retriever moose and I am thinking about a wealth of different instructional challenges but also opportunities that I have this this semester and this trimester and I was just thinking about reflecting on them and I thought, well, hey, I've got this uh, lovely anchor podcast set up. And so I think I'm gonna just reflect a little bit and share here. So uh, I'll mention first of all, that this year I am teaching six different sections, three different classes, um, as my dog is eyeing these puppies that are very, um, very vocal. So uh, I've been, last last year I got to make an academic pivot, and I've been our director of technology at our school for four years, and for a variety of different reasons, um, I, had an op- I have had this opportunity to make a pivot. So um, this last year, I was teaching all of the fifth and sixth graders at our school who have a trimester course um, that I'm trying to figure out where this woman is going to go with these dogs because... I don't particularly want my dog to mess with him. They're going crazy. Um, so I taught uh, four sections uh, each trimester, and um, it is a uh, wonderful opportunity to have the chance to be able to teach all of our kids media and digital literacy. Um, this is a class that has um, been some different things to different people. It's always you know, included... Definitely a, a healthy dose of keyboarding, but also um, Google Apps. And anyway, I've been able to continue to shape it into a class that focuses on media literacy issues, which I think are so important for students, as well as uh, digital literacy skills and things like that. So, to add to that this year, because of the COVID pandemic, I was asked to go ahead and teach a couple sections of Spanish. Um, I uh, Lived in Mexico City for a year after I graduated from college, and I minored in Spanish in college, and have enjoyed keeping up my Spanish, you know, with with different folks. And anyway, it's a uh, it's a uh, good opportunity. And this is fifth grade introductory Spanish. So our students in fifth grade have a semester of Spanish and a semester of French, and typically half of the kids are taking one language and and half the other, and then they switch at semester. And this year, because again of COVID, and we've got a teacher out on maternity leave and some different factors, they just decided to have all the fifth graders taking Spanish in the fall, and then in the spring, they will all take French. So anyway, one of the things that I am turning over my head that's challenging is um, this was today was our third day to be back with students face to face. Our uh, students came back on Friday and we had been back for almost two weeks as teachers, having meetings, but having some time to get, uh, you know, our rooms ready and and uh, allegedly, you know, work on our curriculum. I did a little bit of that, but not nearly as much, of course, as I sort of wish that I had done. One of the best things that happened though, as we were back, is the chair of our language department in our middle school, Lynn Robertson, shared with me and with one of our um, our uh, new teachers who filling in for. I think she's filling in mainly for Spanish in this in this fall semester and then I think she's gonna I think she's gonna transition maybe to French in the in the spring but anyway she shared this great instructional philosophy of language acquisition called comprehensible input or CI and one of the things that caught my eye first, he showed us a, a CI 101 video um, together uh, at lunch, probably about a week ago. And one of the things that caught my eye right away watching this presentation um, was the reference to Dr. Stephen Krashen, who is a literacy scholar. And he was one of the first you know, conference folks I really remember seeing and just falling in love with academically. Uh, after we moved here to Oklahoma. He was the keynote speaker at our Encyclopedia Conference in probably 2007, it might have been 2006. But just a a wonderful, wonderful man and a dedicated scholar and someone who is not only focused on reading and writing and English and language arts, teaching and instruction, for for English students, but but for all students. And the thing that I'm wrestling with is the roles of the teacher and the student in the CI classroom are a little bit different from a traditional classroom because CI recognizes that students acquire um, language not from a list of vocabulary words and a set of exercises and, you know, assignments to read, you know, so much in the chapter, not from that kind of traditional schooly approach, but it really is from immersion. Um, I was visiting with uh, Eric Sappington, who is um, our uh, our seventh and eighth grade makerspace teacher, and he is my colleague in our computer science department. And uh, he was sharing that uh, I guess he had actually dated somebody growing up in the D.C. area who worked for the CIA. They have like a he was saying like a five or five and a half month immersion program uh, that basically in, in five and a half months, everybody emerges fluent. You know, it is a, a complete 100 percent immersion. And so anyway, I have been a, a teacher very oriented towards an idea of uh, really student media Production and I have that philosophy quite a bit in my fifth and sixth grade computer classes, my media and digital literacy classes, where I want students to create media. I want them to show what they know. I want to introduce them to some different tools and some different modalities for how they can, you know, demonstrate their skills, show their understanding, but then also become more savvy and critical thinkers about the, the media that they consume because I firmly believe that as we create different types of media, um, we become more knowledgeable and aware of the different techniques and methods and strategies that are employed by different folks to, uh, in many cases, you know, influence us and to um, you know, get us to, to think things and possibly to change our actions and our behaviors. And so anyway, the comprehensible input pedagogy or instructional philosophy of language acquisition and, and, and language teaching says that really the focus of the teacher is to provide a very comprehensible, meaning slow and not too fast, and also not too complicated introduction to the language for students. And students' main, main job is to listen. Their main job is not to produce. And so, and in fact, I'm going to visit with Lynn, hopefully tomorrow or later this week, because a rethinking assessment, especially for introductory students in this kind of a learning environment is really is really different because what Lynn has encouraged me to not do is to really focus on students producing, you know, producing um, Spanish, you know, whether that is, you know, verbal or written or in whatever forms. And so the activity that we did the last two days, um, I called a walkabout. And one of the things that I understand from my extremely shallow and formative introduction to CI at this point is that, you know, you, <laughs> this, is a, this is not a case of wanting to do, um, or a situation of wanting to do just-in-case learning. Like, hey, let's all learn about, you know, the vocabulary of the airport. If kids are not traveling, if they're not gonna be at the airport, why do they want to learn all about the airport? Like learning about relevant things that students have an interest in that, you know, are usable. So anyway, we, and, and also we're in the middle of a global pandemic, right? So it, we're actually encouraged to, you know, go outside. We don't have to stay in our classrooms. It's beautiful right now. You know, this is really still summer. Um, this is a lovely evening. I bet it's, uh, I don't know, it's probably in the 70s tonight. And um, we have been kind of spared... the the searing heat that we sometimes have in the summers as far as having you know a week of 100 degree temperatures and just brutal brutal heat so anyway it's lovely and then this morning my class started at 8 30 so uh we did this today and we had we did it yesterday as well where I had the kids on sheets of paper um in English write out words that they um of objects that they anticipated they would find outside and then we we went outside and I spoke Spanish, and we talked about the árboles, the trees, and the arbustos, the bushes, and the césped, which is the, the grass. I've actually learned some new vocabulary words myself. Uh, fire hydrant, I guess, is hidrante in Mexico. <laughs> this is the most interesting thing, and it's like a, a Google Translate thing, where if you put fire hydrant uh, into Google Translate, it will say, it's la boca del incendio, which means the mouth of the fire. And I guess in Spain, this was thanks to a little social media, Facebook connections to Brianna Titus, who is our uh, Latin teacher for seventh grade. She was uh, on a Reddit thread, you know, learned that in Spain, they don't actually have fire hydrants, but they do have these holes that the the firemen put and connect their hoses to. And so, anyway, this is where this translation, uh, Boca del Incendio, the mouth of the fire, you know, comes from anyway i am learning my students i hope are learning um but it really is deaf is has encouraged me to rethink assessment and so anyway as i sit as i sit as i stand as i walk uh tonight and think about the lessons that i need to be refining and designing um the first the first lesson I'm gonna be doing with my sixth graders this year is an oral history project. And they're gonna be interviewing a member of their family. And so today we played just a three minute video that was from the StoryCorps project. And it was an interview with three generations of a family talking about, they've all been pharmacists, and talking about the pandemic and just offering some reflections. You know, it's, it's wild to think about how we're living through such a historic time. And as someone who's been passionate about oral history and digital storytelling for a long time, you know, it's, I mean, I, I didn't do this last year with my kids, and I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity to, to do, it'll be a short oral history project, but I certainly find that the level of motivation and interest that not only students take, but also their family members when we do a project like this, can really, really be high. And so anyway, I was thinking about platforms and how we're going to do this because our sixth graders are actually starting off the year uh, without devices. Everybody else has devices in our middle school. They're going to be getting iPads, but their iPads haven't come in yet. They were actually supposed to be here by the start of school. And uh, if you haven't heard about supply chain challenges, especially with Chromebooks, but with all kinds of computing devices right now, it's a real thing. So I've got to think about how my students are going to be creating and um, and sharing these and creating these in the cloud. So I think I am going to have them use Anchor as their platform, which is of course what I'm recording this on right now. And um, anyway, it's going to be a bit of an experiment. We're going to have to, they're not going to have devices that they're going to be taking home. So we're gonna to have to see what kinds of devices they have at home that they can use, but uh, but anger should work. And anyway, I am I am excited about that. But I am gonna be continuing to take basically kind of this crash course in comprehensible input or CI language acquisition learning, and it is uh, it's definitely interesting, but it's really in a positive way, very challenging to have an opportunity to teach in a different content area, and especially one where the emphasis can't be on media production. It really needs to be on students listening and taking in and and being immersed in a different language. So anyway, those are some of my reflections for tonight on the 18th of August, 2020. Wherever you happen to be in space and time, I hope you are well. I hope you are safe. And if you have any feedback or comments about this, you can always reach out to me on Twitter. I am W. Fryer on Twitter. I will also be sharing this on Facebook. If you are not a social media person, but somehow you found this podcast, uh, you can also, I have a contact form that you can find at westfryer.com contact. Until next time, stay savvy and be safe.